Welcome to Wild Hearts Club, a podcast encouraging vulnerability, conscious communication and aligned action. It looked like I was just like bawling, crying for like a solid three months, like once per day at least. Um, And I felt, I really just felt um, overwhelmed and really just kind of like unable to figure out what I was going to do or how I could do it. That's Nathan Schultz. Nathan is a purpose-driven executive coach and men's group facilitator with every man. In today's episode, Nathan shares moments from his journey, including a major rock bottom where he felt the rug was completely pulled from underneath him, and how this was the catalyst to evolve into the man and professional he's proud to be today. We touch on the importance of polarity in relationship, the imbalance of masculine and feminine energy in the world today, and how important it is for men to have a safe community to explore the depths of their human desires and emotions. And with that, let's cut to our chat. I just want to say thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm super grateful. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to um, to to hang with you. Um, I always just get so excited when I just hear your voice. There's so much positivity there, and um, I love when we talk because, like, there just becomes a a really high vibration and a flow. And I'm, you know, I'm just like excited because like, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, like what's going to come out sort of thing. So that's very sweet. Well, let's begin. Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and sharing a bit about, you know, your personal history, where you grew up, um, maybe a summary of how some of those formative years might have impacted the person you are today. Mm. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, my name is Nathan Schultz. Um, I live in Brooklyn, New York, and you know, I'm, I'm up to a lot of a lot of cool stuff in the world today, um, and. Yeah, it's, I, you know, I really feel like everything that I'm doing right now um, has come from where I've been. Um, and yeah, while I've been in New York for 17 years, I grew up in Ohio. Um, you know, on one hand, it was a very traditional Midwestern family, two older brothers, two parents married. Um, did, did like, you know, sports, I was in Catholic prep school. Um, and, um, the, the home life at the time, I wasn't really aware of it, but, um, you know, as, as I've kind of like figured out all the gifts that I have today, um, what really impacted me was that I was in an alcoholic household. Um, my father was an alcoholic. Um, and so that, that, you know, that, that really shaped um, a lot of who I am um, in several different ways, which we can get into later if, if, if it makes sense. Um, but, um, you know, from there I went, I went on to uh, college in Chicago. Um, I, you know, I, I felt like I always was just doing what I should do. 
um, sort of following in the footsteps of my dad, who is the CEO and just trying to be like super successful in business. And so it's like, I like try to get into like the right school. I took like the right, um, the, like the, the right degrees. Like I double majored in econ and statistics. I, I freaking hated statistics. Um, but I got like the best consulting job that was on campus and, then I went to the right business school and then, you know, I went to like the top, um, the top marketing job off of that campus, which was Kraft Foods in, um, in New York and spent the next 10 years in um, consumer packaged goods, um, you know, running really big brands with really big budgets, like amazing, amazing leadership and strategy and marketing and business experience. Um, and, and, and ultimately as time went on, like the, the, you know, the more that I was just kind of like doing these things that I wasn't really so connected to with my, with my heart and with my soul, but it was just like, my mind was like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like I started to shrivel up and I got, um, I got more and more depressed. Um, and at a certain, and then like, um, my whole life literally just exploded. Like everything, everything came to a crash. And I always talk about it as the best thing that absolutely ever happened to me. Um, so in, in one month, um, I had a sudden divorce um totally surprised me it's just like hey all these things aren't working out and um there's there's really not much to do about it and and a couple of weeks later my dad announced uh terminal cancer and within a year um dealing with those two things and being out out of work um i was fired from my job wow and yeah, it was just like the perfect crash of like all, all, all things that my ego was holding on to of like who I am and what I do and like how I'm worthy and valuable and <laughs> all those, <laughs> all those sorts of things um, were just erased. And it was the perfect moment to start from scratch. How did you um, feel in amidst all of that sort of shitstorm taking place? how did I feel? Um, I felt obliterated. I felt, um, I felt how could this happen to me? This kind of thing doesn't happen to me. It can't happen to me now that it's happened to me. Um, can I go on? Like, how do I deal with this? Um, and yeah, it, it looked like I was just like bawling crying for like a solid, three months, like once per day, at least. Um, and I felt, I really just felt, um, overwhelmed and really just kind of like unable to figure out what I was going to do or how I could do it. It was really, it was really like a state of, um, helplessness. Yes. I imagine grief too. Grief is something that um, 
has been coming up in my experience a lot lately and mm. not just pertaining to the loss of someone, be it a relationship or um, a death, but the kind of inexplicable crumbling of a vision you might have for Mm. yourself. So, so that expectation really, and recognizing that we carry a lot of expectations and oftentimes there are big moments and little moments of grief throughout our life. As we come Mm. to realize that we can't really project into the future and all we really have is this present moment to sort of be Mm. so manifesting something that involves others into a future having expectations of a partner or a friend or a situation is um futile and and Mm. challenging and there is grief attached to letting that go i think yeah yeah I, i that really resonates i think that um yeah, it was really, I think it was, it was grief around like an ego identity and, mm-hmm. you know, the people involved and um, <laughs> it's feeling like it was just like, as you're saying that it was this grief around just like this other way of living, um, you know, from my mind as well. Um, yeah. Which is so healthy and so important to have that, you know, however long it takes, um, that time to, to cry and like, just sit in, sit in that place and be in it and let the emotion out. Because at least from my experience, whenever I've tried to, uh, bypass that step, Mm. it's still there. It's still crying out for, acknowledgement and attention and um if you've had lots of hurdles to jump over in your life sometimes um at least for me I can feel like oh I know I know how this thing goes like I'm not even going to you know indulge in in being sad about it I'm not going to indulge in this rock bottom this time I'm just gonna charge on forward but it's it keeps Mm. kind of pulling me back I'm like oh okay I need to for sure can't ignore them (laughs) oh for sure yeah and it was it was funny in the beginning I was trying to like hold on and I was trying to be like oh well I'm you know I'm just gonna go like I can only like take a month off or two months or, you know, I got to like get back to having a job and, um, you know, there was just so much sadness and grief and, and other emotions, you know, I started processing my entire life. So there was anger involved and, um, all sorts of good stuff, but, um, it really became, um, you know, in, 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 in the way of me moving forward and, and what I discovered was, what I was, um, you know, what I was looking to do is just like uncover everything, all of the emotions in my body and just release them and let them go. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, it's still my practice today. Like if I ever get any sort of like hint of grief or sadness or whatever it might be, um, 
you know, I've developed all these tools to, um, to do self work. And it's, it's all about just like getting into it and, and releasing it so that I can be, um, as clear as I can. So, uh, so that I can be really, a um, a clear vessel for my own, like my, my true self and my highest, um, intuition. Yes. And, uh, you know, where, you know, just like moving forward in my path. Definitely. Yeah. I know a lot of these experiences have formed um, the development of, of your company, Elevate. Would you like to tell us a little bit about the work you're doing now and, and how that's transforming your experience? Sure. Um, yeah. So, so I founded Elevate about three years ago, and it happened after I'd say about three years after this big turn of events that I spoke about, and after I had, you know, done all the yoga in the world, all of the qigong, all of the, um, you know, all of the retreats, and all the self discovery, and all those amazing things. And, um, you know, it culminated in a month in this month trip to India. And, um, after that month, I was just so eager, literally and figuratively to, to kind of like come off the, come off the mountain and step into the world and, um, and really just start living all these teachings that, of, of wisdom traditions that I had discovered from yoga and, and other paths. And, um, was this and, the only way you met the Dalai Lama? It is. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's the same. It's the same trip. Um, so can you tell us or tell our listeners a little bit about what that was like meeting, meeting the Dalai Lama? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it was it was pretty cool because we it was in the middle of the trip, and it was just after two weeks of um, of spending um, uh, spending time at a monastery in the Himalayas, and it was with one of the um, one of the monks who's like one of the best friends of the Dalai Lama, and. We actually practiced yoga in the Dalai Lama's like private, um, his like his private building on the land there that they, they have like a building just for him. Yeah. Um, and so since the since they were friends um, and it was the Dalai Lama's birthday, he came into the city um, or a small little town um to address an audience of maybe like 10 15,000 people and uh he was able to stop and speak with our retreat group for like 5 10 minutes mm -hmm. and um i just remember when he was approaching us uh it was like i mean it was kind of like he was an extraterrestrial sort of energy you know um almost like it was like this like alien kind of approaching us. Um, and what was amazing at the same time was like, he was so human. And when you look into his face, 
he's like the you know he's like this 80 year old man but he just has the face of a baby wow and um yeah, yeah it's pretty it's a pretty amazing um dichotomy uh. and um yeah he you know he he said quite a few things but um the one piece that really hit me a lot and that I still hold with me every time I'm sort of challenged out in the world um, was that, you know, we're all one. We're all, we're all connected. We're all the same. And the only thing that separates us is awareness and education. Um, and uh and then he moved on he moved on to go go give his speech and and you know we went on to some more adventures um mm. yeah so you know so it was it was just kind of a nice moment of like okay i'm at the dalai lama like let's like <laughs> let's receive the blessing let's go do this let's go out into the world and and share all the gifts that I have and elevate, um, is the, is the way that I do that. Um, you know, I come from this really rich business tradition where I spent 15 years in corporate America at a very high level. Um, and so I have this business tools and credentials to go to be able to, um, to meet with C level people. Um, and what I've done is kind of coupled that business knowledge with, um, you know, with this other realm of, of, I guess, wisdom from these traditions. And, um, you know, I don't really talk about that part of myself. I just, I just try to, um, to meet, to be able to meet CEOs and founders where they are and help them discover who they are, discover what their purpose is um, in life. And then from that place, understand how they can live that in their day-to-day -day leadership style, how they can um, create their company strategy in a way that's aligned with who they are. Um, and also at the same time, like meet their desires, like around profits and, um, and revenues and things like that. Um, but be able to have, in my mind, like the best of both worlds. It's about having the abundance and wealth that you want, but also really having uh, a deep place of fulfillment. Yes. And yeah, I found that when you start from a place of what is your purpose, and I did a lot of that work myself for about two years, I uncovered um, a lot of different tools to discover the purpose. And I sort of bottled it all up into this really potent two hour session where there's like no place to hide from who you really are and what you're here to do in your life <laughs> yeah and so like and it's all i'm not saying i'm like help i'm just asking the questions and people are sort of arriving to the place that that um that they're meant to go to um impacting corporate america one ceo at a time in a really yeah <laughs> yeah you nailed it <laughs> You nailed it. Yeah, that's that's the best I can discover right now for um, for what my purpose is, and you know I try to do that through one on one, and then work with people's executive team and then their employee team, and wow. um, 
Yeah, and there's and the, and there's there's you know, I'd say that's what Elevate is dedicated to. You know, I'm 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 sort of branching into some other areas which are starting to um, also influence my corporate work, and I'm I'm bringing those tools into the corporate space, um, which has been really interesting, and I think what um, what it's expanding to um, going forward. Mm. That's incredible. I, I mean, I've, I've met you and I know you're a very busy man and you do a lot of incredible work. And when you're not sort of breaking down this matrix of corporate, the corporate world in America, I know you're also doing some work with every man and GQ recently published um, a great article about every man and, um, the space it holds. So would you mind touching on your role and, and what every man is about, particularly for our male listeners? I really, I really want to talk about this. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so every, yeah, every man I came into about two years ago. Um, and it was right around the me too movement. And I was just really confused with who I was with women and, um, you know, who I was as a man, like I had done all this self work, but I hadn't really looked at that question of like, who is Nathan as a man? Like, what does it mean to be a man? And how do I live a life in integrity with women? Um, and just what, you know, I, it, it just happened through pure synchronicity that somebody connected me to, one of the co-founders of Everyman, and um, you know, I've been doing it ever since. I did it first for myself, and then you know, now I'm now I'm helping lead the activities. And so, what it is is it's just helping men um, come together in community and connect deeper with themselves, so that they can then connect deeper with the people that they care about, whether it's their family, their relationship. Um, you know, they're the people in the work world. Um, and, you know, as one of our, our co-founders, Lucas Crump describes it, um, it's like CrossFit for your emotions. Mm. So we help men really just feel their feelings yeah. um, and get into their bodies and actually understand where their feelings are lying and through the body sort of feel those feelings and release them. Um, and, you know, I'd say that's one part of it, but the other part of it, and so that's kind of like, you know, clearing away what's holding you back. Um, and through that, you know, we just, one of the main simple questions we ask is like, what are you feeling right now? How are you feeling? Yeah. And we just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, that's one pathway. And then the other pathway that we turn to is like, what do you want? What do you you know, just like, what, what do you want that you're not saying? What do you want that you're not pursuing in your life? What do you, what do you really want to go do in this life? Um, how would you describe the current landscape of masculinity and femininity and what the intersection of these looks like and what role is culture playing? Because I understand men's groups have been around for, I think, since the 70s, based off that mm. 
article I read mm -hmm. less common. Um, and then with the advent of Me Too and and a rise in, I guess we can say feminism. I'm also fascinated as to how masculine energy is responding to that and how we can't actually kind of play fairly in the same world um, and not have it be a competition or a me against them kind of thing, which I feel like tends to arise when there's a little bit of conflict in this way. Mm. Yeah, well, um, that's a, that's a great question. It feels like there's a, there's a, um, there's, there's so much in that space, right? Like what you, I, like, I think just sort of the question spoke to the landscape, right? Like the, the depth and the complexity that was in that, I mean, we could spend, <laughs> we could spend a couple of days right there. Quite a um, few on this. Yeah. Let's, let's see where we go. And a summary on that even, because I know it is very deep and layered. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, you know, I, I, I almost think that there's not, there's, there's really not any better question than, than that right now. I think that, um, I mean, listen, everybody is a man or, or, or a woman or identifying as such in a certain way. And it's like, it just feels like it's really, um, really a loaded and a charged topic right now. And I think where, um, generally where I come from is, um, is more from, it's really a yogic lens and from the lens of like the energies of the masculine and the feminine. And, um, and we all have both of those energies with, within us. Um, and, you know, other traditions will refer to this as like the, the yin and the yang or, um, you know, Western psychology will refer to it as the anima or the animus. But, you know, I, I just, I look at it at an energetic level and I just think that we're deeply imbalanced in the world today. And I think that we are, um, there's there's too much masculine energy and not enough uh feminine energy and um in in particular way there's unhealthy masculine energy that's coming out and i think that um you know there's a framework called the polarity structure and um you know it's 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 there's like the masculine pull and the feminine pull and that if you're in the unhealthy side of either the masculine or the feminine, it takes the healthy version of the other pole to help balance it out. Mm. And so what are examples of those out of balance or the extremes of those? Yeah. So, um, so the unhealthy masculine looks like, well, so the healthy masculine looks like just being like direct you know, um, accomplishing things, going from point A to point B, um, being assertive. Um, but in the unhealthy way, it's about being aggressive. It's about being domineering. Um, and, you know, I, I, <laughs> I think that the, the, um, the president of the United States is, is really a really nice embodiment of what the unhealthy masculine looks like. <laughs> as opposed to uh, the former um, American president. 
actually might be a nice example of what healthy masculinity is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, polar opposite to sort of show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. It's, it's kind of night, night and day. Um, and how does that play out for feminine energy as well? How does it play out for feminine energy? Oh, so yeah, so feminine energy is um, is you know it's it's more nurturing. It's more um, it's more compassionate. Um, it's more collaborative um, in its in its healthy phase, and so um it's more empathetic and so you know it's really um it's it's able like when you apply that healthy version to an unhealthy masculine it's it really can sort of diffuse it um and you know bringing it back to the the men's work that we do um it's really a safe space to uncover everything that you have deep inside you that you haven't had a space to explore and express and release. Um, and, uh, and, you know, really being able to um, sort of elevate our, um, elevate the, the best part of ourselves and really just like let go of any emotions that are holding us back allows us to get into um, more of a, of, of a healthy space, both a healthier masculine and feminine, like a truly integrated self. Um, and I think, you know, talking about where, you know, going into sort of like the, the cultural piece with America is once, once a man is able to really be more healthy in himself, he's able to come back to, relationships with um you know with his wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever it might be and and just be a better man um and have um be able to have a, a more emotionally healthy space i often oftentimes it's the woman who has to do all of the emotional leadership in a relationship and that can be really burdensome to have to like really help a man figure out what his feelings are and, and, and lead discussions where there's feelings that are, that are holding them back. I think part of the risk of that dynamic too, is that you can dip into a little bit of role playing and it's mm -hmm. like it almost takes on a more maternal role in the relationship, which is certainly unsexy and mm -hmm. um, yeah, not conducive to like healthy partnership it's it's a more of a role-playing thing I, I think totally no I think you I think you totally hit the nail on the head and from so like this idea of polarity is that if if there's one person in the relationship in the masculine pull and there's another person in the feminine pull it actually creates a lot of um charged attraction mm. which creates a really deep passionate intimacy mm. um when you can be on the healthy sides of those right and when in a situation where somebody is mothering a man 
it's just that polarity is not there. So it, it not only, um, yeah, it, it, like it speaks to what you're saying. Like it's not sexy uh, at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, need, the need for emotional connection is still there. So it's, I guess, recognizing that um, that's how maybe an unhealthy femininity and an unhealthy masculinity could maybe be coexisting and just being aware that that is how that could manifest in relationship and what can we do to step back into alignment with ourselves um so that we can re-enter the relationship from a place of um health and and a nice balance of these energies because yeah from particularly like engaging with esther perel's work there is something extremely sexy about a healthy man in his masculine and a healthy woman in her feminine and that, that polar opposite. And then that sort of divine attraction that seems to occur there. That, that's mm. place. Yeah. Now we're talking. Mm. That's, I mean, that's, that's really the, a new pathway that I'm, um, I'm stepping into. I've been, um, working with teachers, um, David Data, and uh, a couple of his top students, John Wineland, um, one who I've, who's, who I've been spending the majority of the time with lately. And they sort of, um, they go through these principles of polarity and the healthy masculine, et cetera. Um, and they also bridge in a, a, a path of yoga called Tantra to, um, to look at how you can physically embody that energy so that you can bring that kind of energy to your relationship. And it's, it's really, really powerful stuff. Mm, I can imagine. One thing I want to ask you is particularly for, um, this, this is work you've been engaging with for quite some time now. And, um, and you have the life experience to have explored relationship and how these energies play out in your experience. But I've been engaging with men recently who are aware that there's a misbalance um, with their energies, but they don't even know where to start in terms of they're, they're caught up in their masculine so much that in that this is what it is to be a man and living this sort of um, the way society tells men to be a man. And then they're avoiding touching their emotions and getting connected with themselves in that way to the point where they may not have cried in a number of years or expressed any kind of um, visual empathy because they can't connect to that self. And then on the flip side, we have men who are really hyper feminine um, and almost afraid to step into their masculine, um, mm -hmm. unafraid, uh, they're afraid rather to express anger um, or, or to be direct and assertive. So for these men who are really kind of stuck in maybe one side of, of that energetic, mm -hmm. what can they do to, to start that journey back to a healthy balance between both? Mm. Wow. That's a great question. Um, yeah. And I've, I've lived, I, I actually lived, you know, I am living that life. I really was 
you know, the, I talked about, I had this big turn of events five years ago and really I was living deeply in a masculine and, um, and, and a lot of times an unhealthy masculine. And I actually went, you know, when I went and just practiced yoga for nine months and didn't even work. And then, you know, had, was really deep into that practice for another two years. Um, while working, I went, I just abandoned all of the masculine and I went all into the feminine. And now I'm in this, this place of integration, like really just bringing the two together and using them all the time, um, at, you know, at once dancing back and forth. Um, I mean, I can, you know, I can, I can speak to what, you know, what I've done, but I, I really don't think that there's one way to do it. Um, I really strongly believe that doing mind body practices are an amazing way to, um, to get in, to kind of get in touch with, with both energies. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, like meditation and sitting is is an amazing practice and qigong also and meditation are great for um the masculine energy um things like um ecstatic dance um if you've heard of that or there's a dance practice that i do called five rhythms is amazing to kind of get into your feminine energy and um, and then I think that yoga is really masterful at um, integrating both energies at once, the masculine and the and the feminine energy. So I'd, so I'd say those sorts of things, mind body practices um, at a physical level, and then I mean you know the the men's work is an amazing amazing way to explore you know your feminine side through you know cry like you can get really into your emotions you can it's a safe space to cry or let go of things and then it's also like that place to like step back into like your masculine like who are you as a man like how are you going to go show up for your um for that person in your relationship um how do you want to be a father in your family sort of thing um so I've I've found that the combination of those those two sets of things has really um, served me really well. Mm. I I love men. I think men are absolutely beautiful creatures, and I'm grateful that they're on this earth. Um, mm. And I think because of some of the disconnect between men and women particularly today in a world where, and I think it is absolutely important to fight for equality. We are all human. I think that is essential. Um, so I'm, I'm not wanting to seem as though I'm taking sides or anything, but I'm really conscious that there's a lot more conversation around um, the shame experiences that women go through purely mm. out of you know being conditioned by society over generations and generations and generations of being told how to look and how to be mm. and, how to act and what to say and mm. um, there's this rule book but 
I feel like the rule book for men is somewhat unspoken of, but is still, it, it, it still exists. And mm. I don't feel like we talk much about what it is to feel shame as a man also because I don't think men feel as though they have permission to express that side of themselves because it's unmanly. So mm. talk a little bit about what the experience of male shame looks like. And, and the reason for this too, is just even putting words to these mm-hmm. experiences for any listeners who might be going through that. I think being able to identify an experience or a feeling is so empowering because you can label it and, and mm-hmm. see it, it isn't you. So yeah. would you maybe, even if it is from your own experience, talk a little bit about the male experience of shame? Sure. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a really deep topic. Um, and I, and I, and I would say that the, the men's work really helped me work through that because it's, it wasn't, um, it what like I didn't feel like I had a space to talk about that with a woman or somebody that I was in a relationship with. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's also not, um, it can develop a lot of intimacy in a relationship, but it, it also can take away from that polarity. So, um, that's really interesting point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think it speaks more to like the space where men can come together and talk about these things that they can't or that they don't feel comfortable speaking about, um, with, with women, but yeah, shame. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's always come down to like being enough. Like, am I, that's just like a really core, um, a core issue, like at the root, root, root of like, you know, a lot of my self work is like, am I good enough? Like, am I lovable? Am I, um, you know, am I enough for this relationship? And that can manifest a lot of different ways. Um, you know, for me, certainly I went to, I went to like an obvious place and I was like, am I, you know, am I making enough money? Like, can I, can I provide? Um, yeah, that really certainly laddered up for me. Um, and then, you know, the sexual side as well is like, am I, am I enough? Like, am I, um, am I enough in this relationship from a sexual side? It's just, um, there can just be places of, of doubt. And it's like when I unpack these things and, uh, with, with my men, they're just like, yeah, they're like, what it it was just like, what do you like? they were kind of just confused. They're like, what are you talking about? They're like, this doesn't make any logical sense. It's like, you know, this, 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 and this, like, yeah, like there's, there's actually like no issue here at all. And it was this huge unburdening for me. I just had like this phobia. Um, 
and I just couldn't, because I couldn't talk about it, I couldn't even see if it was real or not. Like if it had any, any substance that would be relevant to a woman in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, yeah, shame is, is just, it's so deep too. It's, it's, it can be really tough to get to shame if you don't get to some of the um, some of the emotions that are sitting on top of it. So um, anger is like often a really big sort of emotion that lays on the top surface. And um, I had to sort of like work through just a lot of anger that I had in my life um, in multiple different areas before I could even get to that I even had shame. Like I, I really wasn't even aware. Um, so yeah, that's a really, it's really a deep rooted feeling and it can take some time to get to. Um, but when you get there, what I found is really just having a safe space to unpack it can really just dissolve it. And it's, it's really not, it's really pretty simple. Yeah. It sounds like, there is something extremely profound and comforting about having a community of men that you can really lean into and having that safe space to express as you are. Um, And I really like that you touched on not necessarily using a relationship in that sense to express those things because it can interfere with the polarity. I think that mm-hmm. takes very, um, two very conscious individuals to be in relationship, to be aware of that kind of dynamic, but nonetheless, so important that we're able to foster community outside of a relationship so that it doesn't become codependent, right? So that we're not relying on the relationship to fulfill all of our needs, but instead mm-hmm. know where to go to, to explore the different parts of ourselves so that we can show up in relationship as our best selves and work and our family and all parts of our lives. And that goes for women too, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What um what's the hardest thing you've ever had to overcome where at the time it might have seemed insurmountable to you, but on reflection you're like, oh I did it. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean easily it would be that moment where my whole life crashed mm. and I had just kind of gone through divorce. I had just lost my father. I was just fired from my job. And um, I was just like, oh, like, oh, fuck. Like, what do I do now? Like, how do I, how do I move forward? Um, Yeah, that was, that would, that was definitely the rock bottom moment of my life. And yeah, what in what what was the question there? Sorry, I got a little bit a little bit no, lost no, in that moment. No. I was just, what was the hardest thing? And then to follow up on that, what mm. 
when you were in that rock bottom, what was the turning point for you? What did mm. you a distinct moment where you felt ready to put one foot in front of the another or take a different direction or you had a mm-hmm. moment of clarity? What was that turning point? Yeah, I remember I remember like after maybe six months or so of just doing all of the all of the yoga and all of like the spiritual practice and all of the physical kind of like exercise and i just felt an incredible big shift where um and by the way that whole time i was i just started coaching people for fun and for free and it just became like this way that i give to others and I was in this big practice of giving um, without expecting something in return or without, and I, and I don't think I had ever really just given like that before. And I think those two things really were, they got me to that moment, that moment where I just saw the world in a completely different place where it was like this idea of like, you know, if, if I'm a good person, if I do good things, um, good things will happen to me. And those good things started happening to me. Like I started experiencing quote unquote, like luck for the first time in my life where like things just started to happen for me. Like opportunities just started showing up for me. Um, I, you know, it's like I started working magic and then it was like this idea of like, you know, it's, I, I understood this concept of like the universe and what that is and like how, how you can, um, you know, how you can manifest what you, what you want through living like who you are and what your purpose is. And by, you know, by giving to other people and just being really good. And I've never turned back since then that's so amazing uh what are you what are you currently focusing on or practicing whether that be Mm. personal or professional Mm -hmm. yeah the um well i'd say there's two really big pieces i guess on the work front um I'm working on a retreat offering with my mentor, Thomas Droge, who's a Taoist master and a Chinese medicine doctor and a Qigong master. Mm-hmm. And we're partnering together to offer a two-day retreat called DreamWork. And it's going to bring together these really powerful business tools that I have that's around purpose discovery and how you kind of can build that purpose um, into your company. It's for CEOs and founders of, of who are entrepreneurs. And using um, the movement and Qigong practices to get into a really deep state where you can literally dream. You can really dream who you really, really are and what you really, really want and how that can actually come to life in your, um, in your work. Um, not just as a career, but as a deep calling of, of, of what you're here to do. Um, so yeah, I'm co-creating that with, with him right now. Um, 
And the second piece is I'm stepping into men's and women's work. So, you know, I really think that the the men's work is is really just a platform to to be ready to kind of like come to the table and speak with with women in an intimate dialogue mm. and and connect in a really deep way, not just in a relationship, but outside of a relationship and to really do some healing around the gender divide that we have. Um, and so I'm stepping into, um, facilitating those sorts of group experiences where men and women can come together, um, and share, um, deep vulnerability mm. and, and through that connect deeper with each other on an individual level, but just also as like, you know, um, man and woman, masculine and feminine. Yeah. I think that there's there's really no greater thing than being able to do that kind of work for for me using the gifts that I have and being able to create um, more unity, you know, more oneness. Yes, yes, definitely. We're much more powerful when we're working together than when we're fighting one another. So, mm-hmm. um. And that's speaking energetically, of course. We can see how that's playing out across the globe at the moment. Oh. Mm. What, what does it mean to you to have a wild heart? Ooh. <laughs> We're on Wild Hearts Club. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it means to me, what came up for me is I'm going to be in, um, in Hawaii in like in about a week and a half. And that's actually a practice that I have for my heart is just wild, adventurous travel. I, I did it in Portugal for a couple of weeks this summer to just whatever my heart wanted, I did. And like that was the compass for the map of my vacation. I didn't have any itinerary. I literally just used my heart to decide like that day, what city am I going to? I used my heart to like literally look at where I was gonna stay like, ooh, I wanna stay there. Like, ooh, I wanna like go to this city. And it's like, it just like feeling into my heart for what is my deep yes. Wow. And it is so, it is so fun and it just cracks me so fucking wide open. I get so happy, so happy. Yeah, that's my, that's my wild heart practice right there. Wow. I love that. And really I transfer (laughs) that to life every day, which might seem a little scary for so many of us because it's kind of, it is living with complete abandon, isn't it? But I mean, to Mm. that on a vacation is such an incredible idea. I love that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and then I bring that tool back home and it's just, you, you know, it's, it's actually how I try to live my day every single day. It's like, what does my heart really want? You know, and there's some of that masculine structure, which is like, okay, I got to be here at this time. I have to show up for this person, right? I have to like, I have to like commit to, like I have to show up for what I'm committed to and responsible for. But 
but all of the gel around that is this juicy like well what does my heart want do i do i really want to go to this event or do i want to go to yoga or like do i really want to go have this intimate dinner with a dear friend and just like fuck off this other thing yeah it's and like I think what a, yeah who might feel a little bit more constrained by you know work or family responsibilities um you can still practice that even in littler moments like what do you want to eat you know and yeah go to work and who do you want to talk to in on that day or you know there are it doesn't need to be reserved for um you know, people who have quote unquote more freedom, so to speak. Like that's available Abs- to anybody in any moment, in any uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's like what movie do you really want to go to? Like what do you really want to wear today? Yes. Like do you like a lot of times it's just a subtle shift is like, oh well I guess I should wear this, but oh my God, I really want to wear that shirt and those pants. Yes. Yeah, and then I just put them on and it makes me so happy. Oh, <laughs> very beautiful. God, I love that. Uh, Nathan, where can where can people find you? How can they connect with you? How can they connect with every man? I'm not sure if it's um, a community that is just in America, if they're around mm-hmm. the world. Tell us. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, Every man is. Um, is around the world um it's it's everyman.com and there's no e there's only one e in everyman just the first e-v-r-y man um and then my website is elevatewithpurpose.com mm-hmm. and on instagram my handle is ultra schultz Ultra Schultz, excellent. Yeah, and there's there's no C in that. It's S H U L T Z. Yes. Yeah. Um, and everyone should definitely check Nathan out because you have one of the most contagious smiles of anyone ever. <laughs> Thank you. You're such a bright energy, and yeah, I think you're definitely an inspiration to a lot of people. So I'm so grateful that you took the time to chat with me today um i feel like Mm. we covered some really important talking points and thank you for everything you do for your work for showing up and for your vulnerability today i'm Mm. so grateful nathan yeah Uh, i feel really honored to um to have spent this time with you and it's so fun to connect and i hope Um, I hope something was valuable for the listeners and um, yeah, look forward to staying connected. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Nathan Schultz. We covered a lot of important ground today and if any of it resonated with you, I'd be so grateful if you would rate and review this episode. Also, if you feel that the contents of today's conversation might resonate with someone you care about, go ahead and share it with them. After all, storytelling is such a connecting force. If you'd like to connect with me, you can follow along on Instagram at wildheartsclub.podcast. 
Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.